Groetnis, greetings, especially to you my friend. Welkom weer eens by die watergat. Ek is Peter Warren en ek nooi jou uit om een gouwe uur te spandeer hier langs die verfrissende waters van Godse woord. In my last message, I spoke about perseverance, deersettingsvermoe, endurance, I've heard it called stickability, sticking it out through thick and thin. And it seems that we need to talk quite a bit more about this subject. It is, in fact, a very big subject in the Word of God. But before we get into today's topic, let's just open in a word of prayer. Father God, indeed, in the name of Christ Jesus, we come to you. You have put us on a road, a highway to heaven, and Lord, it is packed with trials and opportunities and even tribulations and tests. And Lord, I thank you that you do not expect us to manage it all by ourselves. In fact, you know that we desperately need your help and your supernatural strength. We pray that you reveal that to us today. And in fact, Holy Spirit, we ask that you come and impart to us, minister to us today. Give us what we so desperately need today. All to the glory of God the Father, and in the name of his Son, our King, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, beloved, dear settings for more, Perseverance, endurance. Our modern day society has become a disposable society. Do not commit or stay committed to anything or anyone. Just throw it away, get a new one. If people don't agree with you, just cancel them. If you don't want your baby, dispose of it. When your parents are old, dispose of them. Put them in a home, heaven's waiting room. If your marriage is not perfect, at least according to you, dispose of it, get divorced. If your studies and the discipline they require is too tough for you to manage, just chuck in your studies. Never mind how much your parents have already paid towards them. But beloved, can you see the strategy of the enemy taking our society to a place where it is quite normal that if you can't seem to deal with today's world, either dispose of today's world or dispose of yourself. It's just so much easier to not make the commitment. Because commitment comes at a cost. Imagine if Jesus had decided to not follow through on his commitment. I thank God he did finish the job. Where would you and I be today without a Savior? In the same way, Jesus calls us to stand firm in our faith until the very end. The question that I asked you the other day, and it needs to be asked again, 
How are you doing? How are you doing in following through on your commitment to serve the Lord wholeheartedly for your whole life through good times and bad, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, until death brings you face to face with Him? I want to share something out of Jeremiah's story today. Jeremiah was a prophet in the Old Testament and he is a great example to us of perseverance. There is much we can learn from him. Perseverance or endurance is not a common quality. Many people lack the long-term commitment, care and willingness that are vital to sticking to the task despite all odds. This is why we need God's word and God's help to finish strong in our walk with the Lord. Jeremiah was such a person of endurance. A prophet, his call by God teaches how intimately God knows us. He values us before anyone knew we would even exist. He cared for us when we were still in our mother's womb. He planned our lives while our bodies were still being formed. He values us even more highly than we value ourselves. Read Psalm 138 and 139. Jeremiah had to depend on God's love as he developed endurance and perseverance. People in general did not like him, nor accept his messages. He was largely ignored, and his life was often threatened. And yet he saw both the awakening of a national revival and the return to national idolatry. He witnessed the decline in the well-being of his country. With the exception of King Josiah, Jeremiah saw king after king ignore his warnings and lead the people away from God. Does this sound familiar? He saw fellow prophets, the voices of God, murdered, disposed of. He himself was severely persecuted. Finally, he had to watch the defeat of Judah, his precious country, at the hands of the Babylonian enemy. Beloved, I am very sure you can relate to some, if not all, of these things. The decline of spiritual and moral values, the turning away from God, the increase of aggression towards Christians, and the rapid decline of the well-being of our nation. Brothers and sisters, if that's you, do yourself a favor and visit this website, www.time2rise. It's T-I-M-E, the number two, 
and rise.co.za www.timetorise.co.za Do yourself a favor. You will be richly encouraged. So what can we learn from Jeremiah? Well, he responded to all that was happening with God's word and with human tears. Even as he saw the people drifting away from God, and in himself he became angry with God for not intervening and doing something, and he was tempted to give up. But he knew he had to keep going. God had called him to endure, to persevere. He expressed intense feelings and emotions, but he also saw beyond those feelings and emotions. He saw a God who was soon to execute justice, but a God who afterwards would administer mercy. Now it may be easy for us to identify with Jeremiah's frustrations and discouragement. But, beloved, we need to realize that this prophet's life is also an encouragement to us to faithfulness, being faithful no matter what. Even though his life was rough and tough, he wrote two Old Testament books, Jeremiah and Lamentations. He had a successful ministry throughout the reign of five kings in spite of many attempts on his life. And finally, he stepped into his greatest achievement. He was a catalyst to the great spiritual reformation under King Josiah. You see, what has God got for you and for me? Are you going to stop just before breakthrough? Are you going to go to your grave with the book still in you? With the music still in you? There are several powerful life lessons we can learn from Jeremiah that will help us to persevere in our own life and walk with the Lord. These are they. Number one, the majority opinion is not necessarily God's will. Although sin attracts severe punishment, there is always hope in God's mercy. Number three, God will not accept empty or insincere worship. Are you, beloved, the real deal? Number four, serving God does not guarantee earthly security. I want to encourage you to, to read Jeremiah's story. He has his own book. And he is mentioned in several other places, in Ezra, Daniel, and Matthew. So there's some homework for you. Kom ons luister, jy speak jy muziek en dan praat ons verder.
Welcome back. You are still tuned to the Watering Hole on At Radio. Ek is Peter Warren. Vandaag praat ons oor deersettingsvermoe, perseverance. Jy weet, die wereld is tegen ons in hierdie saak, maar die Heere wil hee, dat ons tot die einde toe moet vast buit, net soos in hy armie daar, buit vast. It is therefore essential for us to learn what God says about perseverance, because when we do it His way, we'll get it right. A Christian's life can be likened to that of a tree. The initial years of growth are quick, but the tree, being young and only a sapling, can easily be broken, bent or damaged, which might result even in its death. After the fast growth, however, comes the period of slow, sure growth. Only a small portion of the year is taken up by actual growth or expansion. The remainder being used by nature for consolidation and making sure that new growth becomes strong, hard wood. So also, beloved, we as Christians are allowed to feed from God, but there comes a time when growth is halted and the new growth is strengthened and performed and formed to be part of us. The tree also does not grow in a hothouse under perfectly ideal conditions, but is put outside where its wood is tested by the elements. So also are we tested with various trials, whereupon we can be sure that our wood is strong and can withstand the many onslaughts. True story, this is a tough world and life is not fair. But thank the Lord we are not alone. We are not left to our own devices as orphans to make things happen, to sin come clear. Thank you, Jesus, that you never leave us nor forsake us. You are permanently at our side, in the pit with us, in the slavery with us, in the hole, in the palace, in the prison. You are with us every step of the way. You are in the very detail of our lives. And thank you that we can call on you at any given moment. Kom ons luister eerst muziek en dan praat ons verder. Welcome back to the Watering Hole. I'm Peter Warren, and we are looking at why we don't give up on our faith. The Christian life was never promised as an easy way to live. It is not easy peasy. 
It is not for sissies. In the Bible, Paul constantly reminds us that we need to have a purpose and a plan because times will be difficult and the enemy will attack. We cannot wake up every morning and just allow our lives to live us. No, we have to live our lives. Take charge. Take responsibility. We have to get up every day to live life with a purpose and a specific plan to fulfill that purpose, knowing that we have an enemy who also sets out every morning with a specific purpose and plan to rob, steal, and destroy your life and purpose and the lives of those around you. We are definitely in a war. But the truth, beloved, is that we never persevere without the promise of a prize. And that is a promise that God himself will keep. And so it is therefore good today to once again revisit Paul's teachings, God's promises, on why we don't give up. 1 Corinthians 9, 24, 27. We're going to put some word in today because it's the word that the Holy Spirit will yield fruit from. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Isn't it obvious that all runners on the racetrack keep on running to win, but only one receives the victor's prize? Yet each one of you must run the race to be victorious. A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly withers. But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. For that reason, I don't run just for exercise or I don't box like one throwing aimless punches, but I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I won't myself be disqualified. So, the purpose? Run your race to win. Run straight at the goal. The plan? Deny yourself what is potentially harmful. Discipline your body and train it. The prize is a heavenly reward that never disappears. So out of that scripture, the disciplines are Bible study, prayer, and worship. How are you doing? Number two, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked. For what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. If you plant the corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect to experience 
a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted, don't allow yourself Sorry, let me say that again. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. And don't allow yourself to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. The purpose? Don't tire of doing right, of being kind. Don't get discouraged and give up. The plan? Plant the good things of the Spirit. The prize? To reap everlasting life. So the discipline out of this scripture is... Are you sowing seeds to please God or to please your own selfish desires? The last scripture for this segment, Ephesians 6 verse 10. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. He's speaking there of putting on the full armor of God for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces. And he goes on to describe it. And you can read it for yourself from verse 10 to 20 of Ephesians 6. The purpose of this scripture is to put on all God's armor, to pray all the time, not 24-7, but to be constantly on the alert if you need to be called to pray. The plan is to use all the pieces of the armor provided for you. The prize, standing safe against all the strategies and tricks of the devil. The discipline here we find in James chapter 4 verse 7. Submit to God. Resist the devil. Take action. Go on to the attack. And know that he must flee. This whole thing of spiritual armor and warfare is actually a whole message on its own. Welkom terug by die watergat. Ek is Peter Warren en jy is ingeskakel op Ad Radio. 
We are looking at Paul's teachings on why we do not give up, why we stand firm until the end. Scripture number 4 from Paul, Philippians 3 verse 12. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I am pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. The victory prize. The purpose of the scripture, keep working for the day when you will be all that God wants you to be. The plan to do that is forget the past. Look forward to what lies ahead. I love the scripture that says here, I fasten my heart to the future. And the prize is the heavenly prize to which God calls us. The discipline of this scripture is we are to remain focused on Christ and lay aside every distraction, whether good or bad. And we come to the last scripture of, from Paul, 2 Timothy 2, from verse 3. I have overcome every form of evil as a victorious soldier of Jesus the Anointed One. For every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. An athlete who doesn't play by the rules will never receive the trophy, so remain faithful to God. The farmer who labors to produce a crop should be the first one to be fed from its harvest. Carefully consider all that I've taught you, and may our Lord inspire you with wisdom and revelation in everything you say and do. But make Jesus the Anointed One your focus in life and ministry. For he came to earth as the descendant of David and rose from the dead according to the revelation of the gospel that God has given me. This is the reason I am persecuted and imprisoned by evildoers, enduring the suffering of these chains. But the word of God can never be chained. I, enjoy, I endure all these hardships for the benefit of the chosen ones in Christ, so that they may also discover the overcoming life that is in Jesus Christ, and experience a glory that lasts forever. You can trust these words. If we were joined with him in his death, 
then we are joined with him in his life. If we are joined with him in his sufferings, then we will reign together with him in his triumph. But if we disregard him, then he will also disregard us. But even if we are faithless, he will still be full of faith, for he never wavers in his faithfulness to us. So, beloved, the purpose of this scripture, teach these truths to other faithful men and women who will in turn teach them to other faithful men and women. Pass them on. Hold on to your faith even when you feel too weak to have any faith left. The plan, how do you do that? Suffer like a soldier. Take it. Don't get tied up in worldly affairs. Follow the Lord's rules like an athlete has to in order to win. Work hard like a farmer tending his field for a harvest. Don't be passive. Don't park off. There's no parking off in your walk with the Lord. There is a rest in God, yes, but that's something different. A message for another day. The prize. We will live with Christ. We will sit and rule with Him. He always remains faithful to us and fulfills all His promises. The discipline from this scripture is to know always that Christ is by your side even when you have seemingly run out of faith. Very powerful disciplines for us in these teachings. Bible study, prayer, worship, sow seeds to please God, not to please yourself, submit to God, resist the devil actively in the knowledge that he must flee. Remain focused on Christ and Christ alone and lay aside every distraction, whether good or bad. Know that Christ is by your side, where you're at. Even when you have seemingly run out of faith. So, beloved, as we prepare to pray now, I want to encourage you again. Never mind where you are and where you're at. Even if you've really messed up, even if you've fought with God so badly, I'm telling you today, none of us is perfect. In my own life, I've so often wanted to just give up and say, Lord, this was just too difficult. I can't do this. And then, as I said to you in the last message, God finds a way. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. He gives me water to drink in the desert. He gives me food. He gives me rest 
in the waters of God. I encourage you, there where you are, where you at, if you will honestly stop fighting with God, call upon Him, surrender control, if you will repent of the things that you know you need to repent of, God will reach out and lay hold of you and he will draw you to himself and you will be healed. You will be strengthened. Do you have faith to believe your life can change in one prayer? Make a life-changing decision right here, right now. Tough times never last, but tough people do. Invite the Lord into your situation, into your prison, into your scary, tired, depressed state. Invite Him even to your joyful abundant life invite him he will come and he will do what only he can do but more than anything beloved thank him for what he is going to do in answer to your prayer today I remind you as I always do you were not designed for defeat but for victory Jy is vir oorwinning ontwerp. Kom ons luister, oulaas, piekie muziek. So, beloved, the question, how are you doing in following through on your commitment to serve the Lord wholeheartedly for your whole life with all that you have, no matter what. Are your disciplines in place that I spoke about? Father, I ask now, by your Holy Spirit, we draw near to you through the blood of Jesus, and I know Your word promises that you draw near to us. And I thank you that you are not some distant, far-off, untouchable God. But you are right here with us. You meet us where we are and where we're at. I pray, Lord, today you know the heart and situation and the level of faith of each listener, of each one. Lord, would you hear us as we repent of having fallen into the trap of letting our disciplines slide? of allowing ourselves to become so poured out and wearied 
of neglecting the feeding on your word and the refreshing of prayer and of your presence. Would you forgive us, Lord, and restore to us the joy of our salvation. Revive our drooping spirit, Lord. For you are our shepherd, we shall not want. We thank you today. In Jesus' holy name. And if you have been hearing this message and you don't know Jesus personally, you don't know him as a living, real person, a saviour and a king, a helper and a friend, a time of help in a time of trouble, a place of hope in a time of hopelessness. You need to respond to this message. God is here where you at and is listening for your words. You need to say something to him about where you're at. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you can say something to him like Jesus. Will you show me you're real? Will you show me you love me? And you can say to him words like, Jesus, I, I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead and you ascended to heaven. I believe you come in again to fetch your bride and I want to be part of that bride. So I confess that I've been living my life my way because I just simply did not know about living life your way. But today I want that to change. Lord Jesus, will you forgive me all my sins, all my wrongdoings, even as I forgive me for the way I responded to life's hurts. I forgive you, Lord, for the times when I've called you guilty on stuff and you're not guilty. I forgive every person who has sinned against me, who has hurt me, stolen, attacked me. I forgive them, left, right and center. And I loose myself from what they have done and said. And now, Lord, would you come into my life as my King, as my Savior, as my hope, my strength, my shelter, my perseverance, my all in all. And I thank you for that, Jesus. Save me today. And now, geliefdes, 
Daar waar hij is. Zijn het dankie voor die Heere. Voor wat nou op je hart is. Fluit, fluit, my story is uit. Dankie weer eens voor die keier by die water gaat. Until we meet again, be richly blessed. This be the one wat groot. Sterke. Remember, you write in the last chapter of your life. God bless you.